Welcome back, Stylish Leaders. Matthew Simmons here. So glad you're back. And this is going to be an amazing entrepreneurial spotlight with Kavita Coffee. And I want to thank everyone listening on Anchor, Stitcher, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Spotify, and Google. Thank you for listening to this podcast. And thank you for following our content on YouTube and Instagram at Stylish Leadership. So appreciative of you. And keep again, keep sharing the content. So we're going to be doing another amazing entrepreneurial spotlight and we're going to do a couple episodes here with Mark Nash from Kuvita Coffee. The first one's going to be the spotlight for his company and, his, and what he's doing with it. So welcome, Mark. Thanks for coming and being a guest on this podcast. Man, Matthew, it is just such an honor to be on this podcast. Um, I know that you've been giving out great content on money, mentorship, principles, mindsets, discernment, team strength, entrepreneurship, and it's just a real honor that you would invite me out for this entrepreneurial spotlight. So I'm looking forward to talking about um, the history of Kuvita Coffee, the future of Kuvita Coffee, some of those seed principles that were there in our formation and sharing that with our listeners. And in the next episode, uh, I plan on talking about purpose and provision, some principles that we see in scripture that God provides for kingdom-minded business leaders. So I'm really looking forward to sharing this content. Hey man, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to hearing it because um, I've been, I think I've been there from the very beginning of at least seeing what you guys have been doing, but um, it's always good to talk about it. So we'll just kind of dive right in here. So so what's the history of Kavita? What got you started? What motivated you? You know, what, what kind of... How the doors open for this to happen yeah i would absolutely love to tell you the history and i want to just say to our listeners that it starts with purpose um, one of the things that i heard a number of people in business school say is that the purpose of business is to make money and the first thing i want our listeners to understand is that's not the purpose of business it's not to make money now hear me clearly you have to make money to stay alive but the purpose of Baylor Hospital is entirely different than the purpose of Smith & Weston. You see, one of those businesses make arms and bullets, and the purpose of those products is to take life. Another one of those businesses provides healthcare and medical services, and the purpose of that business is to give life. So you can see that a business needs a real clear purpose, and that's where our history began. We call it the three E's. It's education, environment, and economy. And we go into impoverished nations and we address these three pillars of influence to transform culture for the kingdom of God. And Matthew, it has been exciting. It has been so much fun. In 2015, we went with the three E's, looking at the economy and the environment and the education systems in Panama. And we have seen God reveal to us how to make a real impact in that area. That's excellent, man. So how, how did you get connected to Panama? So we are members of a local church here in Dallas-Fort Worth, Covenant Church, that is. And there I met a couple of missionaries. It was organized entirely by the Holy Spirit. And we went out there to Panama for our first time in 2013, 2014, making partnerships with the churches because we were building this mission field from scratch. So we didn't go to strangers. We went to established churches and we said, hey, 
What are you doing in your community? What's happening in your congregation? How can we help you? And there's been a, a transformation in missional mindset specifically for our generation. There used to be the idea that you would you would go with an agenda and before you left your home base, you would say, I'm gonna go there and I'm gonna hand out shoes. But we went with the entirely opposite mentality. We went there with nothing but the word of God on our lives that told us to go. And when we got there, we asked the community, we asked the pastors, we asked the people in the congregation, what can make your life transformative? And that's when they said, coffee. It wasn't even on the radar, but we found out that the Kuliala tribal people of, of Panama grow coffee, they harvest coffee, they drink coffee, and to bring that to market in the United States of America would allow us to gain economic influence so that we could give back in educational and environmental systems. So that's just been our, our history. It's been exciting. We started this company and it is, it's surviving. And that means that we're making money using business principles. But the key takeaway here is business has to have a clear purpose. As a as an excellent point, and um, and I definitely will definitely get into the purpose in the next episode. I know you mentioned the education. So, are you partnered with schools? How did that come to be in in Panama? Absolutely. So, we do partner with schools. Um, we also partner with churches that provide private schooling. Panama has a very interesting education system. You don't get all twelve years paid by the government there. So most kids are going to school until the end of elementary school, which is sixth grade. And then after that, it's private school. Those private schools are generally a piece of a church. So when we partner with schools, we're literally partnering with private schools that exist on church campuses. This is just confirmation that when God sends you to do something for his kingdom, we were going in these churches just to partner spiritually because that's that's where the the fingers are on the pulse of that culture. Lo and behold, that's also their education system. So it was kind of a two for one right there. That's excellent. And um, and so how, so you said, so you, are you primarily working with like what we would consider elementary and high school students in the States? Is that the primary age range? The, the age range would be what we would consider middle school and high school. Middle school and high school, okay. Yeah, those are the private school years in Panama. So with Cuvita, so it sounds like the purpose is, is to provide a better education for these students so they can either further education or to have a better life or what, you know. Absolutely. And I want to tag a scripture right here. Matthew 6, 21 says that where your money is, your heart will be also. So just going back to business and purpose, um, giving has always been a huge part of our business purpose. And when we give to the education systems in Panama, we have the opportunity to intentionally attach our hearts to the educational system. And how do we do that? We do that by giving money. And Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 6, 21, that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is an inescapable spiritual truth. So think about what you're doing with your money. Think about where you're donating. Think about what you're spending your money on and know that you have the intentional opportunity to attach your heart to, to transformative things. And just for the purpose of Gavita, it's been education, environmental improvements, which is cleaning up the environment or creating agricultural systems. And then that last one is the economy. So how is Covita benefiting the environmental uh, uh, structure down there and the uh, economic format down there? How is it benefiting it? Yeah, I'll talk first about the environmental benefits. Um, one thing that we did, um, and I'll tell you a story. 
One thing that we did in 2016 was we went to a, a series of islands called the San Blas Archipelago. And these islands have indigenous people there, communities of about 25 to 65 families. So an entire island population of about a thousand people. And one thing they do not have is access to sanitation. Just imagine what type of things you throw away in your home or in your apartment. I'm out here in a suburb outside of Dallas. I don't know where you're listening, but when I put the trash in the dumpster, someone comes and picks it up and I don't know where they go with it. But in Panama, when you're living on an island, no one comes and picks up the trash. So one of our first and foundational environmental efforts was to collect all that trash and literally become garbage men for these indigenous people on these islands. It was, it was a humbling and powerful act because as strangers in our first encounter with them, they would see us and they said, what are these strangers doing on our island? What are they doing with that trash? Why are they cleaning up our mess? Why are they picking up after us? And I see this in the person of Jesus Christ when he gets down on his knees and he's washing the feet of his disciples and his disciples are saying, why would would you come out off of your throne down here and wash my feet? And it is one of those beautiful things where the spirit of God can minister through us as we are missionaries called to the environment. That's awesome. And I love how uh, you... Whenever Jesus went somewhere, he always made the place better when he before that. He always improved the environment where he was. So he left it better than how he found it. And so that's a very good, that's being Christ-like. That's what we're supposed to be. So what about the uh, economy? How is the economic impact of jobs? Obviously, I mean, someone has to grow the beans. Someone has to distribute the beans. Someone has to fly the beans back to the States. How is the economy down there right now? Wow. And how are you impa- impacting it? And obviously, this is completely tied to our primary product offering coffee Um, few know it that but coffee is the second most traded commodity in the world so after oil it's all about coffee then followed by corn and other things like rice but you have to imagine that in the global economy there are hundreds and thousands of pounds of coffee beans being exchanged on the global market every single day bringing the United States of America as a valid and and legitimate consumer to this community of coffee producers is the greatest offering you could ever imagine. To get your product into the United States of America is a blessing. And I I just want every single entrepreneur who's listening to this to recognize that the strength of the US dollar, it's purchasing power abroad, specifically in developing nations, as well as our ability to market and to place products in the United States of America, the most powerful economy, the most powerful nation, is a real offering. You see, we're so caught up in trying to establish ourselves and make ourselves seem unique, but the truth is, you already are unique. You already have been given spiritual gifts. You already have been equipped for the mission that God has called you to. So be fearless. Every entrepreneur who's listening to this, I want you to understand that you are to be fearless. Luke chapter 12, verse 32 says, Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father in heaven's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Let that sink into your spirit. It is your Father in heaven's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So God wants so desperately to give you everything. And that starts with being fearless. So if you have $4,000 and you want to start a new company, don't be afraid 
to spend all four thousand dollars. And you entrepreneurs who've been on the fence and you're not you're not too quite sure if you should financially leap, I'm giving you the courage right now. Do not be afraid because it is your Father in heaven. It is His good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So be fearless. Hey, I love that. So what are some? So now that we've gone, so before we get into the future of the coming, just what are some more of the people? I know that we have a lot of coffee drinks out there. So what makes the Panama bean so amazing, and what makes that such a good coffee bean? Wow. So a lot have been considering coffee specifically as a specialty craft. And this emergence has started to take place in the last two decades, genuinely changing the way that the commodity is exchanged around the globe. It's now considered to have certain qualities that make it more prestigious and therefore more expensive. Now, some of this is hype and some of this is legitimate, just as there are bottles of wine that could be three, four, five hundred dollars to three thousand dollars for one bottle of wine. And there can also be the same bottle of wine for three, four, five dollars, seven, eight, nine dollars. Thus, those spans and quality and the currency that is exchanged for that perceived quality is now emerging in in coffee. Why do I say that? I say that because Panama is the original specialty grade origin. The coffee in Panama is so difficult to grow and it grows in such a small supply and the strains known as geisha and yellow bourbon and catuai have made the standard of what specialty grade coffee is. Its ecosystem and its climate create a very beautiful cup. We've also started to see this in Yergeshef, Ethiopia, which is just a unique microclimate that produces coffee in such a way that you can't get it anywhere else. And the, the thing about Panama is that its market is so small. So Panama is not producing as much coffee as Brazil. Panama doesn't produce nearly as much coffee as Colombia. So therefore, with the small supply comes the high demand. And I just consider that just another gift of God's provision for, us to, for him to place us in Panama where it's already the most high quality ecosystem. I mean, how could the lines be more, how could the stars be more aligned than in this scenario? Hey, that, hey, that I'm sure that the mouth of the coffee drinkers is just watering right now just thinking about that right there. You know? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> so what region of Panama is just grown in? So it's grown in the Darien jungle, which is the portion of Panama that touches Colombia. Okay. So it's, and so has it, how long has Panama been really growing coffee and exporting it? Has this been more recent? Like you said, like the last 20 years or has they had a history of doing this or? It's actually been most recent starting in the mid nineties. And there's some folklore about what created the emerging specialty coffee industry. But I'm quite convinced that it's outlined in a book that every um, coffee lover should read called The Perfect Cup. It's about how the Colombian coffee producers started stockpiling a whole lot of coffee. And then the Brazilian coffee producers caught on to it and they started stockpiling. That means they're not bringing it to market. They're not selling it. They're keeping it in their storehouses. And at the perfect timing, they released this on the global market, which caused all 
coffee prices to plummet because of the surplus of this storehouse being released, particularly from the two largest producers, Colombia and Brazil. So a lot of farmers went out of business. A lot of countries were unable to market their coffee on the global market and went out of business as well, pertaining to their exposure in the coffee industry. But Panama did the exact opposite. What they did instead of trying to compete with the flooded market and allowing their prices to go down, they drove their prices higher, simply saying, our coffee is unique. And you know what? It was. And they were able to create that perceived value and establish it and win in a number of, of coffee tasting competitions. And it just created the, the exact same culture and behavior for coffee producers and other nations to start taking on the agricultural principles that were established in Panama. They started using the same types of, of genetics, which were called varietals like Catois, Yellow Bourbon, Geisha. They started exporting those to other places and the, the specialty coffee industry emerged because of a, a flooding of coffee on the market. And Panama has still been riding that wave with the utmost of prestige. Wow, and so I, I, so I take it from you saying that, that the government is well aware of what they have their hands on and is definitely capitalizing on it and exporting their, their coffee? Oh yes, the Panamanian government is very protective of their um, coffee exposure and their coffee position. They actually, in Panama, do not allow any importing of coffee. So when we're out there on mission and we're in Panama, we're never drinking coffee from Africa or from Asia or from South America or anywhere else because they they drink their own coffee first, which makes their global export supply even lower. Because you have to imagine every single Panamanian is drinking only Panamanian coffee. So they so they are taking internal consumption is taking even more off. So that drives the price of exporting even higher. Even higher, yes. So the, all that to say is that if you're, when you drink a cup of Cubita coffee, you're drinking a very rare specimen, basically. You're drinking the creme de la creme, you know, of coffee. Yes, exactly. And I cannot wait for our listeners to get a chance to drink it. You can find us on Instagram. We're at Cubita underscore coffee. That's K-U-V. I-D-A underscore coffee, C-O-F-F-E-E. You can also find us on Facebook, on Twitter, and as well as CuvitaCoffee.com. Excellent. So that leads us to, obviously, so you sell bags of coffee. Yes. So what is the future of the company? What are some of the things that you want to, to see Cuvita Coffee do? Different campaigns you want to do? Different, I mean, obviously, you're going to keep selling coffee. Yes. What are some of the future goals that you have and the direction that God's leading this company? Um, so I love that question because I am excited about what God is doing. Um, the next episode that we're going to be talking about is provision. And I want to dissect that word just as a teaser for next episode. When you get a vision, it is your responsibility to pursue it. And the provision will be there along the way. So don't be afraid to take your first step. Um, talking about the future of Cuvita Coffee, one amazing thing that we want to let our listeners know is coming is coffee for your household. We have specifically built our business to work on farms in Panama with that market and that industry and to work here domestically in the United States with churches. So we provide coffee to churches. That is our ideal customer, but we are developing a product offering 
that allows you to subscribe and save, but Kuvita Coffee will be shipped to your house every month. So stay in tune because a lot of people who are drinking coffee at home or going to the grocery store and getting it, they don't, they don't have the access to Kuvita Coffee. It's very difficult to get your hands on it. Not only is it Panamanian, but we are built to serve the church. So the vast majority of our coffee goes to local churches around Dallas-Fort Worth. But now, drinkers will be able to drink it at home via subscription. Find out more information on that soon at kuvitacoffee.com. Hey, that is really cool. And I'm glad, Mark, that you're using that because the subscription thing is becoming really, really big. Definitely in the fashion world, you know, you got things like Spreezabox and Sinbird. And, and on the women's side of fashion, there's all kinds of, you know, different get outfits, clothing, women's accessories, men's accessories. So accessorizing that's big. That's very, very big. And that's always been a big subscri- subscriptions have always been very big. Um, you know, you get the movie of the month or the book of the month or whatever. That's always been out there. But subscription services is really, really cool and really, really beneficial. Do you have a, is there a certain time of year that you want to do that here in 2019 or 2020? It's going to come in the last quarter of 2019. So keep your eyes peeled to the media feeds. That's Kuvita underscore coffee on Instagram as well as KuvitaCoffee.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, even Google Kuvita. That's K-U-V-I-D-A. You can find our videos on YouTube. We're out there on the World Wide Web, and you will see our messages when subscription becomes available. Jump on it because we do not even have enough coffee to keep your cupboard filled. I'm telling you, we're going to cut these things off around 25 or 35 subscribers. I'm talking low numbers, maximum 100 subscribers. If you're not already subscribed, you will not get your coffee. I hope that's clear. Yeah, and and the reason you have limited is because it's a limited growing season down there, right? So what is the growing season for the coffee? So it's usually planted in the ground during the raising season, which is April and May. That's when you put the seed in the soil. And then um, around December, January, February, that's when you pull the cherry off the tree. That's harvest. And then it goes out of the country around March or April. So all that to say is coffee grows on a tree and it only comes out once a year. I hope everyone understands that. <laughs> Sometimes you have to tell people, but <laughs> it, it doesn't. So yeah. Recognize supplies are limited, so please subscribe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know people just think, oh, it's anymore. People just like, I'll just go to Starbucks anymore, and it just magically appears in liquid form in a cup. Yeah. There's a process to this. Stuff. Yes, absolutely. There's a process to this. So, uh, so just keep an eye on on all those updates. I'm sure we'll have different social media campaigns that we're going to be doing, and and I'm excited to be partnering with Kuvita to promote it on my Instagram, Stylish Leadership. Uh, we'll be promoting it there, and then obviously on this podcast, we'll be doing some great uh, video work and some photography work with them. So you definitely want to keep your, uh, stay tuned, subscribe to my, uh, uh, follow and subscribe to my YouTube and Instagram, you'll, you'll start catching updates as well, particularly on Instagram. Uh, anything else before we roll into this second episode here? Anything? I just want to encourage our listeners to catch this next episode. Listen to these things two or three times because we here uh, at Stylist Leadership in this podcast are, are focused on principles. So we'll give you some applications and some stories from our, our history and our testimonies, but there are some real principles that we're going to talk about in this next episode on provision. So stay in tune. We're coming back real soon with some principles on entrepreneurship and stylish leadership. There you go. So again, thanks for listening. Again, you, you heard at the beginning of the episode, you know where to find us on all the podcast platforms on Instagram and YouTube. So again, own your own style, my friends. You're fearfully wonderfully made. 
Catch you in the next podcast and keep sharing that content.